I've long maintained that making a great documentary is closer to voodoo than science, and editing is our dark art. The act takes place in a dark room where the world drops away, and all that remains in front of you is the frame in question, then the next one, and the one after that. The edit bay is where a kind of alchemy takes place, especially in docks. After you've spent months, or perhaps years, harvesting material, shooting interviews, original photography, and acquiring archival footage. Then you have to carve away everything that doesn't tell a singular story. And somewhere along the way, when the narrative is clean and the characters are sharp, you have to find that special mojo of rhythm, music, and style that makes it all turn electric. Editors are the secret sculptors in the center of the circle. On today's episode, we speak with editor Chris Pasek, He's the wizard behind the curtain of the HBO series, Telemarketers, which is exec produced by the Safdie brothers and our fine friends at Rough House. If you haven't seen it yet, hit pause on the podcast and go seek it out. It's batshit crazy, hilarious, and strangely moving. It's about crime, drugs, friendship, and those annoying phone calls that drive us all around the bend. And it features my favorite nonfiction character, since I met Tarzan in a Panamanian prison some years ago. Chris called us on the Wi-Fi from the Dunkin' Donuts on vacation, so bear with the technical snafus. Without further ado, I give you a conversation with editor Chris Pasek. Chris, dude, I loved this movie, this series. I mean, this is literally, I think, my favorite doc I've seen in a long time, and it reminded me weirdly of... And I'm sure this is absolutely not true because we all know that making docs is an absolute war and completely miserable when it happens, you know, a war to get sure. it done. But it reminded me of kind of the joyfulness that I had and the adventure of making Operation Odessa and just the bonkers caper of the whole thing. And I just so I absolutely loved and adored this. So thank you so much for all the time, Thanks, labor man. and love. It was yeah, I was just going to say, like, you're hitting on something of, like, whatever. This was nearly a two-year edit, but for any difficulty had, it was so much fun and, and like, in a weird way, easy. <laughs> just because, yeah, it was such a blast. Well, you have... um And before we get into the movie, give us a quick sort sure. of, like, 101 of you know, sort of your background, how you came to this, the sort of quick snapshot of the arc of your career that leads you to this just fantastic, fantastic series. Sure. Yeah. Um, I was a in-house editor at a studio for years and years, um, moved out into a more narrative space, cut a couple small, like $5 million indie movies, the kind that don't really... Uh, hard to cut through. Yeah, hard, hard, <laughs> hard to cut through and hard to get made and hard to get seen. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I did this. Um, I worked on this documentary about Franca Sozani, the uh, the editor editor of Italian Vogue. And, you know, in the time I had been in narrative for like 10 years, I had like my hands on a couple docs here and there. But um, docs were what I watched. And um, yeah, I think working on that first doc, I think as an editor, the authorship 
immediately with something where I was like, Ooh, I, 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 I could get down with doing this all the time. Well, you, um, so, so that you, that's an amazing point that you bring up that I just want to sort of color in a little bit, which is, sure. I think the people, um, you know, who don't necessarily make docs don't understand, or not everybody understands sort of the complexity of what's involved and the sort of massive authorship that happens, A, in the edit, B, you know, by the editor. And as as I was watching this new series, I was thinking, like, if ever there was a editor's series uh, or movie, you know, this is one. But I actually believe, you know, every documentary, because they are completely made and sort of constructed in the edit it is that so i'm so grateful to have the time with you to kind of explore it from the editor's perspective of crafting something like this yeah it's uh i was thrilled that to be invited usually you know us editors are uh are mole people so we're, to get we're, out of pu the we're pushing bit, we're pushing you out into the light chris <laughs> we're pushing you out, out out of the bay and into the light um yeah. So give me the genesis of this. Like, how does this kind sure. of, you know, like, how does this movie come to be? Obviously, in the movie itself, you sort of see the the, the sort of yeah. origin story of it. But how does it go from, like, the pile of raw tapes that are existing from many years ago of, you know, what was this, you know, kind of uh, almost like Chris Smith-like American movie yeah. that, that struck totally. me as another touchstone. Totally, um, totally. You know, this, this sort of massive tapes into, like, turning it into HBO documentary series. How does that happen sure yeah so you know uh we touched on this a little bit in the movie but we didn't fully unpack it you know sam lipman stern one of our co-directors our subject um you know was had been filming in this call center since he was a 14 year old kid he'd amassed a closet full of tapes um uh he you know he had tried doing stuff with it in the past i think he um he was making a student film from it at one point. Um, but he, even when he wasn't filming, was always super obsessed with sort of the scandal of it all. Um, and right. The, the, right. The, the grift. Um, so he, you know, he moves out of New Jersey. He moves to LA. Um, he finds out through his mom that his cousin had, has made married a, sort of legit documentary filmmaker, uh, mm -hmm. Adam Lowe. Um, the amazing thing is in the spirit of our movie, you know, Sam is, a, is also besides a filmmaker and a te former telemarketer. It's also a New Jersey graffiti legend. Uh -huh. His cousin, this guy, Adam made this movie bomb the system, like this amazing graffiti movie. Sam was a fan of the movie and like, did not know. Amazing. This guy amazing. Was now in the family. Right. So, amazing. Um, they meet up, uh, Adam sees the footage, Adam, like me, is the first thing he sees is Pat as just like, this is a kid, you know, Pat what a Pespis. star, Pat yeah. Pespis, like one of the great documentary subjects, like ever full stop. Um, I mean, like charismatic, hilarious, yeah. amazing arc, like what a character. Yeah. I mean, Adam. So Adam just saw like raw material and was just like, this is gold. Uh, when I, I saw a promo, you know, I saw two minutes of Pat and was like, oh, this is the kind of like whatever I got to do to get on this movie. I got to do it because a character like Pat, like, especially for someone who loves American movie or heavy metal parking lot or I'm you know, really yep. love yep. character based docs like this, you know, I could, you know, this, this, 
I could go my entire career and not. It's a gift. It's literally like a gift, a gift from the cinema gods to have (laughs) like, you know, a character that amazing. So you take a look at the promo and you're like, okay, what do I need to do? How do do I get this gig? Yeah. And it was funny. So, you know, so Adam had a relationship with the Safties. Um, You know, I think him, uh, you know, Adam and Benny Safdie kind of very early on saw the opportunity for that sort of up like structure and that, you know, every episode can jump whether it's two years or whether it's seven years, like we had a built-in framework. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, uh, uh, I got introduced to the guys through Claire Reed, who is a producer on The Vow, amazing, talented person. Um, it was the first time I left uh, uh, my home uh, uh, since the pandemic. I had been inside with a pandemic baby for a year and a half and hadn't yep. gone into uh, yep. hadn't hadn't gone into the city so yeah um and uh it just kind of hit it off with those guys um and where are you so so at let me interject with a question which is like sure yeah you've got all this like you know the amazing archival that's that that is in episode one right for which is sort of like from which largely you're sort of carving out that archival material how much of the contemporary story had been shot when you enter it that is to say have interviews been shot have any of the sort of contemporary verite follow up with with near zero near zero so yeah, the majority of that present day stuff was shot while I was cutting the first two episodes. Um, I think they had reunited, you know, uh, they had filmed going back to Jersey, meeting up with Pat. But yeah, they're, they're, they're you know, uh, at that point, it was really just cutting those first two episodes for a few years while they shot. Okay, so uh, so let's let's talk about that because I think let's talk about some of the sort of like craft and structure that's involved because I think it's it's what's really sure. fascinating and and kind of powerful about this movie is it's so many different things all at once, right? On the one hand, this is a yeah. kind of expose of the telemarketing industry. On the other hand, it's the story of kind of amateurs, slightly bumbling, you know, uh, journalists, fum- you know, fumble- self-styled journalists fumbling into the story. It's also a portrait of friendship. It's also a portrait of addiction. Yes. And and so you're you're dealing with, not only a variety of kind of individual storylines, but also a wild variety of tones, right? Because some of this yes. shit is just yep. like laugh out loud, hilarious, whether it's, you know, in episode one where they're, you're seeing the tiny turtle crawling on the yeah. keyboard and, you know, everybody go, you know, like just the bananas nature of the archival. But then you're also seeing this very serious shit where, yeah. you know, the sort of whispers of addiction and, you know, for, and, and building that, like when you go to begin to lay out the movie, how are you kind of con- like what is your process how are you constructing it sure. from all this raw material how do you how do you wade into it so yeah so this is funny this one is kind of different than any other one i would do but but uh, this one you know the archival it was pretty kind of clear to see you know there is archival verite that would be 10 poles that would be, we're going to make the show no matter what you know pat um, you know, Pat snorting heroin in the in his car on lunch break and going back to hit the list. Like, you know, that was one of the first things I saw and was like, you know, goes uh, in the movie. Uh, goes yeah, in the movie. exactly. <laughs> it's going in. So, um, 
so yeah, I think in something that's like heavily archival, I, w I would always want to see, watch every frame of it, identify the, you know, the magic. And I, sometimes I refer to it as building inside out, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. like, like uh, right around that great archival, uh, archival as opposed to the other way around. So, yeah. so, so basically as you're carving out the archival, you're going through, you're making your selects. And so have any of those interviews been, so you're saying none of those interviews have been shot. So are you just cutting the archival or are you, and you're like, okay, we need so, to get yeah. an interview with this or so, like, yeah, it was a, it was a little bit of a mix. So, so, so there's a handful of interviews in this show that were recorded before, you know, Sam got this professional team. So, uh, um, Santino, who you may remember from the mm -hmm. show, as uh, uh, he's the guy that's like uh, straight out of the halfway house. Yeah, um, making calls another amazing character. Another <laughs> yeah. amazing character. Uh, him, Tom White. There was a number of characters that Sam had shot that, like, didn't sound good. Didn't you know? I didn't weren't lit particularly well, but had a grit and grime to them that, like even when we decided to go shoot more interviews, it's like, there's no, there's no, why go back and reshoot these people? Because what you have is so. Yep. yep. So raw and so real. Yeah. Yeah. So we, you know, we, I think early on and, and even before I came on, there was maybe a thought of like, can this be maybe more of a art, more of an art filmy kind of thing with, without narration, without talking heads. Like, could you just do the whole thing? strict verite the answer was no kind of for the reasons that you know you mentioned yep. that these guys are bumbly stumbly like you know an audience you don't want an audience to get ahead of these guys investigating and be like jesus you know yeah right, exactly um, i mean you have to got you know, um, that's i mean you have to guide an audience through right yeah exactly um and we we also had a hesitance at the beginning of like you know do we really want do we really want Sam as a narrator in here? Because Pat is such a star. And, uh, you know, I think we caught it really quick early that like, you know, someone like Pat, he's a straight man. Um, uh, and Sam is, Sam is a, is a, a pretty lovable character in his own right too. He so, is. He um, is. Yep. Well, and um, it's in Sam, I think you also have like, in some ways it's reminiscent of like the podcast format where it's someone leading you through a story yeah. and yeah. it gives you kind of an anchor to, um, you know, to, to yeah. guide an audience and, and to guide you. So as you're, as you're working with Sam and, and sort of deciding like, okay, we're, like we're going to need some narration to sort of like scoot this along here yeah. or interviews or whatever. Yeah. Are you kind of like temping yep. writing that yep. stuff as you go or how are you, how are you constructing it? Yeah. Yeah, so so one of the things that made this show a little easy in a way, <laughs> not easy, but easier, was you know, I had I have a background that's not that dissimilar from Sam's, and that you know I grew up in this you know post-industrial Connecticut town, not that different than a, a, a you know New Brunswick, New Jersey. You know, I was a dropout. I worked in a call center. I worked in jobs with like, you know, guys straight from the halfway house. The same age that Sam is in the film. Uh, when I was that age, my best friend was an addict. It didn't make it out, right? So, so it's it personal. Made it, like, yeah, it made it I, personal. We, yeah, 
it was it, it but what it did was like you pointed that like point pointing out that like yeah this is like a, a jumble of tones and a shift of tones that it made i was able to like didn't always necessarily have to guess the emotionality of where sam was at in the spot so right there wasn't like a, a ton of rewrite to that you know and like it was more that yeah if we if we were stuck on writing it was you know how do we get this mess of this scam in a digestible format to people especially when like there's so many acronyms there's the pba there's the SLP, right. there's cdg there's the alphabet there's the, the doj like right you know it starts to turn into dr seuss so like um yeah exactly so yeah it was just sort of you know i kind of it was really special meeting these guys because I think me and Sam realized from the get that I got the tone he was looking for, uh, really, you know, very early on. Um, you know, we don't have the same experience. I told him very early, like, I don't want to, you know, transpose my stuff on your stuff or make this film my experience. But I think I have a sense of knowing where your head was at back then. Yeah. Who you are, um, who you are and, and what you're experiencing as you're going through yeah. it. Um, yeah, so that, that, no, that sorry, was keep big, going. and then um, and then in terms of structure, you know, same thing. Like we we, uh, in terms of yeah, a lot of times you'll cut something, you'll know you want to get some more master interviews from a character to fill in the gaps. That said, like the you know our interview subjects being these ex callers. They're not that, you know, like you, yeah, you could go in with topics, but you kind of had to let them do their thing. Uh, right. And, and I think that's, that's the, the that's, a, I want to go deeper on that because yeah. I think that's a really interesting thing is every single person that appears as a interview subject, as a character, like could carry the movie in their own right. Yeah. They're all yeah. just batshit crazy, hilarious, <laughs> totally street. And, and I can imagine like, okay, it's not like you're going to get, Hey, I want this particular pickup line. You've got to just exactly. encourage them exactly. to be themselves and then exactly. work with the, the kind of carnivalesque atmosphere. Exactly. 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 And they, you know, and, uh, yeah, what they all, you know, they all exactly, uh, you know, characters in their own right, they all, and they all have Sam. Like that, like, I, I don't, you know, if, if this movie couldn't get made by someone coming in from the outside, and like, even if, you know, even if you were just making a movie about the scam and you, 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 they just, uh, and you didn't have that verite element. The fact that like Sam wasn't a tourist. Yep. to this world like not only gave you that amazing verite but it gave an ease to these people in the, and an insider in and a, an insider's perspective right i mean like yeah. you can very much feel this is something that is sort of made from within like it never loses that um kind of intimacy with the subject and like you can even feel the like the friendship between him and each yeah. of those characters and then and yeah. then talk about friendship in general because i think like sure. the friendship between 
Sam and Pat is is also so sort of central to this and is so kind of like beautifully um, architecturally wrought. Talk about how you're mapping that as you go in the edit. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I very early felt like, uh, you know, we had the opportunity for a buddy comedy on our hands. Um, and I think it's just a, you know, um, they have such a genuine love for each other that, um, you know, uh, it's kind of infectious, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Every, it's, every, yep. it's easy to participate sort of, in. Like, yeah, it's, it's easy to participate yeah. in. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, you know, I, I read an article the other day of someone saying how like the show feels like real life instead of, or feels like reality instead of says it's reality. Right. So I think we, I think we were just honest, you know what I mean? Like, like we didn't, like in the second episode where maybe there are some signs that, you know, Pat's gotten clean um, at the top or Pat, you know, Pat is in recovery at the top of the episode and his, you know, his, his uh, participation in some of the interviews is getting spotty. Um, we just try, you know, uh, uh, you play it cards I, up. We, you, you, you acknowledge all of that. And it's, there's no sort of like artifice and construction to it. And you, and we're constantly as audience members, I think, let behind the curtain. And I love the way that you use all yeah. of the, you know, sort of what would be outtakes normally, whether that's, you know, at the end of episode yeah. three, when you're seeing <laughs> right. like, you know, Pat, like after the interview with Blumenthal, it's like, Oh, did I, did I do good? Was it like, did you like, was it, was that all right? Yeah. You know? And then, and then, and then you cut to right. the, like, actually did dude, great, look at all. By the way, I'm he did like, fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Listen, I, 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 I think that, the reason that it feels that is resonating with people so much is that they're both being super vulnerable and we're not like we're staying true to where their characters were at the time. So like when, when, you know, Sam kind of says it in the first episode where like, yeah, my best buddy's got this problem, but like, what am I supposed to do about it? Like I'm 19 years old and I'm getting high on myself. Like, you know, like we're both at the bottom. Um, right. like there's no, I like, there's nothing I can do. I'm not, I don't have the tools to help this guy. It's not my place to help this guy when I'm, when I'm 19. Right. Um, but I still all, care all about I can the do guy. is all, all I can do is love him really. And, and I think like that, yeah, exactly. that, that, that love between them, it's interesting that you referenced the like buddy comedy and that had not occurred to me, but now that you say that it's like, it's so obvious whether it's, you know, 48 hours or midnight run or on down the list of like whatever our favorite, you know, buddy comedies are like, that is such right. a defining and constituent element to this. What other references did you have? I mean, we, you know, we talked about, you know, American movie, like what were the touchstones that kind of came into sure. came to you as you're, as you're working? So most of them, I would say, are not, we're not super direct. Um, I think, you know, uh, when I first met with these guys, heavy metal parking lot was a big thing to me of just like, you know, uh, is there a way to get some of that chaos? Like uh, that, that our first episode, I think, in particular, it has 
the rhythm and the cadence and the fun of a found footage thing, mm-hmm. um, you know, a found footage, found footage film, uh, Adam will astutely point out, like, it's not a found footage film. Like, we got the guy that shot it. We didn't find, you know, right. it hasn't been found. Um, so that the, the humor of, like, a heavy, a heavy metal parking lot um, was a big one for me. But in general, more than anything, uh, you know, I love American movie but I like specifically did not watch it ahead of this. Like I probably mm-hmm. haven't seen it in, in 10 years. You know, I can just, you know, I've used it to describe the movie to folks, you know, if, if, if this, you know, totally if, if you or whatever, took Roger right. and me and replaced Michael Moore with, you know, right. Mark Borkhardt and stuff. Um, but mainly uh, my touchstones were the Metallica movie some kind of monster great movie. and the wiener movie and in general just just movies that don't uh overprotect their subjects um so you know i think that both sam and pat both giving us as filmmakers the gift to really put them out in these vulnerable spots you know like sam in the first five minutes of the movie saying like for all intents and purposes like i was a fucking loser you know for pat to be doing what for pat to go through the process of you know pat pat we screened this this series from maybe eight months ago in 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 montclair he'd been shooting this he'd been part of this on and off for 20 years had never seen a frame wow it's amazing Um, it's amazing and how and how so, was that screening? So when you screen the moody movie for him, like how does he how does he take it? Yeah, I mean it was the the most nervous I've ever been for a screening. Um, he, you know, he Pat is Pat, so I think um, I think it was really it probably didn't hit Pat for a while after like the enormity of it. Um, uh, he, you know, but he, you know, he he laughed at the same stuff we laughed at and he you know pat pat rivals sam is maybe the only one who knows the ins and outs of this scam than anybody you know he um right lived it every step of the way uh, right yeah or just even like the nitty-gritty of it i remember one time like uh, you know i saw pat while we were cutting Asking him, you know, asking about some 90s lawsuit that the FTC had made in some state. And he just like was able to rattle off like, oh, do you know the, you know, the 94 lawsuit in Vermont? <laughs> like, right. And he know, had, had, had it all right that, at his fingertips, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Which was, which, which, uh, you know, I w- was amazing. So, yeah, you know, I think, um, you know, I think not, yeah, not leaving the not sanding down the edges of these characters is, is maybe something that you know i think is maybe becoming a lost art or or maybe in docuseries it doesn't happen quite as much that like you know uh you know a movie like crom or a movie you know uh, well it's it's you know the even the, at the, it the the doc game has like it has evolved so much in the time that sort of yeah. you know you and I've been like you know working professionally and there has there's this level of kind of 
polish and precision and sort of money and you know tools that appear so i think suddenly this almost felt like a recovery of like many of the, the these early things like i was looking at all the elements and i was like god this it's so nice to be yeah. <laughs> you know like sort of like and the pacing like it's not it's it doesn't need to be sort of like relentless cut every, you know, 10 frames or whatever, like ridiculous yeah. pace that that sort of so much is happening because it is sure. a character movie. Right. And, and like yeah. the joy of it is the people and um, and it's got this sort of amazing plot. But really, you just want to wade into the world with these fascinating folks. And I yeah. loved the kind yeah. of. Um, talk about pacing a little bit, because I think that's something sure. you, you crafted so beautifully and elegantly in this. Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I think pacing wise, uh, uh, we kind of wanted to, you know, let the footage drive the bus for what kind of pace it would require. So, you know, I think that this first episode when you know, callers are, you know, on ecstasy and selling pit bulls and wrestling in the, in the, in the cubicles, like it was just uh uh, we had the goods to, 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 to really just drop people in, into mayhem. Um, uh, and then, you know, start act two where, the, oh my God, here's Pat, like this guy that I've been promised in the cold open of the series. I almost forgot about this guy. Like, oh, great. Right. Oh, marketing legend. Here he comes. Um, and then, yeah. And then the second episode, uh, you know, things where it really is the start of this investigation. Like, you know, we were so, you know, we were so very much in love with the footage of Pat making his calls from McDonald's and troubles with the Wi-Fi and getting kicked out of, out of places and going to, you know, doing bong hits and going to the circus. Uh, uh, you know, I, 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 we were cognizant of like, you know, you can't, you can it's it's possible to overindulge in that stuff and we do you know there isn't an investigation cracking and and we can't we can't diddle that <laughs> with these guys too much but like th this is the fun you know what i mean and, and i think along the way we i think even when we maybe the third episode we we were strapped for time when we were over and like we we're like okay like let's 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 try the straight investigative cut let's test out to see if like the natural comedy of these guys just shines through and not, not, not no we kind of we kind of wanted to to sit that extra beat often <laughs> with well, these guys and you, well you know what's interesting about that you know you're bringing up an interesting thing structurally which is like the first episode as it begins and it's just sort of like this you know carnivalesque gonzo romp right but by the time yeah. you're in episode three you're seeing pat doing kind of the exact same thing that he was doing when he's like blasted on heroin and working his way through the list but suddenly he now has a purpose and it's being done yeah. undercover and there's this kind of incredible Incredible character arc and transformation that he's gone, but you're maintaining the same sort of set of elements, which is seeing him work his magic, you know, on the phone, but now from a totally different perspective. And I and I love the way you it was so um 
elegantly mirrored the, the the way you handled those same, you know, contemporary verite scenes that you're doing. Were you deliberately kind of matching um you know what you had set up and the kind of visual grammar and and sort of plot devices in one? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think we um you know, I uh I think that in terms of maybe not so much him as like a a, 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 a a great salesman, but I do think that we, you know, the the story of Pat's addiction bubbling under the surface at all times was was something that we knew uh, could be used, it, it, it could it could help drive the narrative, and that, like, you know, that, and it's true that like episode three like pat's pat's issues keep uh, bring a level of tension at all times and that 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 like something could happen with pat to, to like to to make things fall apart right know? this this um, dude kind of could unravel any second whether it's not wanting yeah. to get on a plane or whether it's you know <laughs> mistaking the name of of, of yates yo's that at the uh at the you know or, or i mean a guy could decide like hey you know yeah he could also say like you know what i don't want to go you know i'm a you know i'm a recovering rat you know i'm a recovering addict i'm you know uh 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 you know, have the past that I have, like, yeah, maybe I don't want to go into a hotel with 400 cops. You know what I mean? Right. So like, totally like, like, uh, which to me was, you know, we, 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 we had a lot of fun with like <laughs> the, uh, the Michael Moore sort of inspired bum rushes that they sometimes would do. But to, to me, what made it fun was that, yeah, like, you know, they're amateurish. Yeah. They're, they're kind of going in bullheaded. They're also pretty, pretty fucking brave and super brave, uh, super brave. Yep. You know, and like, like, like that, I found that bravery just in the footage, super inspiring. It's sort of like, you know, Roger and me meets fear and loathing in Las Vegas, you know, like it's got, it's totally, yeah. it's totally got that like, okay, we're rolling into the like cop convention and, and, and with that, with that kind of attempt to do it, but yeah. And, and, and even the failings and the foibles in that moment of like, you know, bumbling the, you know, bumbling the guy's name and playing all of that stuff on camera until you have the reveal and the scene afterwards when he's like, oh shit, it's not Yates. You know, it was just, it was amazing. It was so funny and so good. It's funny when uh, uh, we were talking about screening the movie for Pat, like that, that's, that was the biggest laugh in that screening. Like, <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Um, um, so, so two, two last questions for you, which are um, sure. Two year edit is a that's a long time in the Bay, you know, um, and what were the what were the biggest challenges? And did you ever hit those points when it's like, fuck, yeah, I've taken it apart and put it together a million times. And like, you know, what were the kind of like pivot points in that lengthy edit or the sure. those crucible moments for you? Yeah, well, I mean, one thing about this edit is that I was extremely like I was extremely fortunate that by and large, I got to cut, you know, I cut all episodes, which is not, we cut it like a movie, you know, yeah. which is not pragmatically 
the way things right. Budget, go, budget, you know? wi- budget, budget wise, people will complain along the way, but it's totally authored because it's like one person yeah. at the keys making a movie in three parts. Yeah. So I think, I think, you know, I think that. Um, so, yeah, so that the, that was a double edged sword. Right. And that, um, you know, I've, I've instead of having three editors and everyone has a third of the authorship, you know, I had, I had a good amount, but of the hundred outputs we did, you know, my initials are at the end of 99 of them. <laughs> right. So yeah, uh, it was just, you know, it was, it was, it was a lot of time and it was, uh, uh, I, I think at one point we shot a lot of stuff for three, right? Like there was a lot of, there was more adventures they went on, on this sort of cross country road trip. And, um, that was a, that was a tricky spot. That was a challenge because, you know, how do you, how do you put two guys on a, yeah, on a nationwide road trip in act two of something, you know, like it's, 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 uh, you know, it's a lot to ask an audience. So at one point we were like, oh, are they, you know, are these going to split up into two episodes? But then again, we love the the up nature of this it would ruin the fun to like be in present day for two episodes so you know that i think that was a big one um and then i think yeah you know i think that um structurally our biggest thing was you know uh getting getting an audience to understand the to understand the scam without a journalist coming in and saying, "Here's how the scam giving you works, the ex- you know? yeah give, give, giving you the exactly. exposition like and yet keeping it anchored yeah. in their perspective in a way that's digestible, accessible yeah. that you yeah. can follow it. Yeah. I can imagine that was that was, the, that was tough. Yeah, and what was the, which and and we played with it in the second episode a little bit, but what we one of the things that we thought was really amazing was pretty much to a T these former callers when they'd get in the interview chair, like this was a job that got shut down by the government, but no one, like it just happened. Like one day this, this office just closed. So these folks aren't worrying about like, Hey, what happened to this job? Or like, like people are like, I got to get another job. So people would have like little bits, but right. like, even Sabrina, in our second our second episode, we thought it was so interesting. It was like, oh no, yeah, the cops got ripped off. Like people that were part of this, like, like you know. So that that was a constant. Like, how do we how do we tell the story of the scam in a fun way, without spoon feeding it, without Sam having to say everything, you know? Um, so that was you know that 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 took some time. Um, you did that beautifully, uh, by the way, which is like I found it so kind of clear and easy to track and never um, uh, belabored and never sort of easy. Like I was I felt like immersed in an investigation amazing. and the puzzle pieces being put together. So that was just beautifully, beautifully, beautifully Thank crafted. You. Thank you. That <laughs> uh, we had, um, you know, Adam comes from a. a, a uh, you know, Adam Lowe is on the, the rough house side of things, the Dana McBride team. Um, 
basically, you know, we, we had we have amazing fact checkers, amazing researchers who like could say like, hey, while you guys are, <laughs> you know, debating how many frames to let someone scratch their butt. <laughs> um, which which uh, also was beautifully <laughs> used repeatedly at all the right times. Um, yeah, someone, someone on Twitter did say like made a joke about that, about like you know, the director of telemarketers like saying like, uh, that's great, but can we have a few more frames of butt crack? And, <laughs> and I had to respond to the person like, you're not that far off. <laughs> <laughs> that is precisely how we actually do it. That is the science of what we do in the Bay. Um, yeah. All right. So my um, last, qu my last question for you is like, what do you think the uh, impact of this will be in the world because like I I I also felt watching it like wow I can imagine real world reverberations coming out of this in a in a in yeah. a sort of like really profound way because it's something that all of us have had some exposure to you've never yeah. had the lid lifted quite like this and right. you expose all of the the sort of the 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 corruption that is like the tentacles of which extend out in so many different directions like what do you think happens like right. what, what's the, what's the net effect of the movie well um one is you know we mentioned at the end of the film that uh we sent findings to uh Richard Blumenthal's office haven't heard back yet we legitimately do hope that uh you know, there is this new legislative look at things just from this being in the public eye more um, on a smaller level, like same thing. We're seeing, we're seeing people on Twitter uh, uh, saying, you know, uh, there's people that are getting calls from robocall telemarketers who are saying, I just watched this show on HBO. Uh, 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 and, uh, you know, that being a new response to people, they might have to write some new rebuttals. Uh, for, I, I, liter you know, I literally <laughs> had the exact same thought. I was like, I can't wait for my phone to ring now that I've watched this movie. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it, it happened quite a few times in the edit, too, of like, you know what I'm doing here? Um, uh, yeah, so I think, you know, I think, yeah, I think hopefully there's a new uh, legislative look. I do think that people have been entertained into some knowledge on this particular issue. Maybe they uh, mention something to maybe uh, an older relative that uh, uh, thinks that, you know, uh, thinks that they're doing one thing by giving some money and is doing another. Um, well, it's consciousness uh, raising literally merely by sort of putting this into the world and getting the response that you guys have had. Like it's already kind of having, yeah. you know, significant effect in the world, whether there's right. legislative change or not. It's just the right. awareness that's the, that that's right. sort of put for and in a way that's wrapped in this like gonzo hilarious package. But you're actually like really putting something good into the world by doing this, too, which I think is awesome. Yeah, I think that's also one of the things that makes Sam Lippin Stern so special is that he, you know, he is. We have a lot of fun. We're doing bonkers, you know, a bonkers presentation of this thing. Sam is still going and talking about this issue, you know, in sort of that buttoned up way out in, in different outlets, you know, um, 
yeah, it's, 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 that's the change is I think that we've, we've made this particular issue digestible in a way that um, maybe didn't exist before. So, yep. And, 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 and you take us all on a hell of a ride along the way. Well, well, thank you so much. I'm, I'm so appreciative of your time today. I absolutely love, love, love the movie. And, um, and, and now I'm just waiting for an opportunity to work with you. That is sweet to say, uh, uh, my phone is, uh, uh, on silent and, uh, but I will, I will, uh, <laughs> I gotta be careful <laughs> who I pick up these days with the, uh, some telemarketing enemies maybe but um, uh 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 <laughs> I'll, 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 in that case i'll just robo call you until like until <laughs> i actually get you there you go there you go perfect um, you gotta, well thank you, know, you just thank you, just you so much i love on man. your uh your dad jokes just exactly then i then, yeah, I, then yeah. i then i'll be able to get through well well, <laughs> well thank you again thank you so much for sharing yeah. the time thank you for the movie and uh i think it's just absolutely brilliant Thanks, man. Thanks so much for having me. It's really, really awesome. Thank you to Chris Pasek for making this amazing series and letting us in to share the war stories behind its creation. And thank you to directors Sam Lipman Stern and Adam Lowe, who had the wisdom to sign up Chris for the job. And thank you to Patrick J. Pespis. You're one of a kind, pal. See you next time on The Dangerous Art of the Documentary. The Dangerous Art of the Documentary is a Tillerman Films production. Executive producers are Tiller and Fitz. Our producer is Jacob Miller. Music by Zydepunk. The show is executive produced and distributed by Jake Brennan and Brady Sadler for Double Elvis Productions. Thanks for listening, and please, don't forget to subscribe.